What's going on, guys and girls? Welcome back to another episode on the Inside the Mind podcast. Joining me today is Mr. Abdullah, coach here at Falcon FX, and it is an absolute pleasure to have one of our successful students on our funding program, Carl. How's it going, Carl? Pleasure to have you on, man. How's everything on your side? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. You're very welcome, Abdu. How's everything on your end? Very good. I'm excited for this one. I think it's, it's super cool. Carl's obviously someone who's been uh, trading on the in-house fund, you know, scaling up on that and kind of hear his side of things and to really get that inside of the journey. So I'm just really looking forward to hearing today. Definitely. And I think this is something that anybody listening needs to learn from the, the smaller details, whether you're a trader right now, you've just started learning how to trade and you've got all these big ambitions as where you want to be, or if you're someone who's on a funded assessment, a third party fund, and you want to learn from the mindset and just a thought process that you need to get to the next level. I'm, uh, I'm really looking forward to digging into to those details. And that is where I'd love where to, I'd love to start there, Carl. Yourself, if you were to give kind of a, just a one minute overview of where you're at, where you're from, where you're currently at in your journey right now for, for the listeners that don't know you. Uh, well, I've been trading about, uh, about four years, I would say. I started four years ago. I've been serious about it for like two and a half years. I mean, like really getting into it. Com- com- committing to to my goals and everything um and sort of um for me like the the first place where i sort of started actually learn where i started to learn to trade was actually within the falcon community which i would say i'm sort of very very fortunate in that way because i hear a lot of people talk about um sort of their um how forex industry is like so full of scams and superficial superficiality and all that kind of stuff and like my first experience within this sort of uh, industry was through falcon so mm. it's completely different uh, experience for me just have passed the uh funding assessment uh, started to trade on the fund um it feels pretty good i i'm aware of all sort of sort of all the risks and um uh, the statistic uh, app to sort of uh, share with the community about one prop firm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the statistics crazy. So I'm aware of the risks, but mostly I'm sort of uh, aware of what all of the good things it can be and it and it will be. Just so, out of curiosity, because you just said something that was like really interesting because I actually do come from a bit of a background where I've been around the Forex industry. I've seen a lot of the scams and stuff, right? And I had to kind yeah. of learn some stuff the hard way. Whereas Falcon was kind of like, as you said, kind of like your first home for you. So what was it for you that you kind of knew you were like, I'm in, like, what stood out to you in Falcon? You're like, I'm in the right place. This is it. And you didn't kind of need to go further from there. Well, to be honest, it was actually just a feeling going on YouTube and sort of studying like support and resistance a little bit. And then I sort of went to the homepage Falcon and I looked at it and was, I felt it was okay. It's a bit expensive. I'm not sure if I want to commit but then I went to the uh, conference in 2019 hmm. at the Shard. And after that, I was, yeah, this is this is the place to be. Love that. Love that. And it's, a, it's interesting you said it's a feeling, right? I think if we learn how to listen to ourselves energetically, we know if you meet someone for the first time, you can kind of know without even knowing them, you get an instinct whether you think someone's a good or a bad person. We're, yeah. we're not always 100%, but you do get a bit of an instinct. And if you learn how to to trust that, you also trust yourself that you attract the right things into your life. You know, if you're, if you're thinking in the right way, naturally you attract like-minded people. So I'm glad that you, you, you didn't just look at it from uh, numbers or Lamborghinis or things like that. You actually trusted your, your almost 
instincts like which is the most natural thing to to actually trust in the first place we talk about gut feeling these are very very important things so i'm glad you got that impression that is awesome and of course finding us on youtube is always a great way uh, but what i what i really like about your journey which i think will be great to talk about how long did it take you to pass your fund carl i was like a, i did the assessment it was almost a year i was like i started in first of july i think and i passed it it was like june 29th or something like that and how, how did that feel uh, did you ever feel the emotions of was there ever a point where you was trying to rush it or was you just calm throughout the whole process i don't know of course there were like all different sort of emotions um then there was a, there was a time when sort of uh, i was rushing it um and it came for sort of um some inner fears mm. i had and i had to deal with it i had to go inwards to sort of figure it out to deal with it but yeah after i sort of took some time and really looked at my fears and faced them and really tried to understand where where they're coming from this is when i sort of were able to let go of the fear and the formal and just like relax and just do my thing that, that's 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 so um important that you you mentioned mindset first and i think a lot of people forget that as i'm, I'm sure you'd agree abdu yeah i was about to say that like obviously because I, I know from people listening in and stuff right a lot of people are like man like a year that might be a long time but the mm. reality is i think you learned a lot of the lessons in a more um not just sustainable way but in a more permanent way right because i, I think something that's kind of become a bit toxic in the industry is kind of saying something like you'll say something like if you don't win, you learn, right? Which I get, it makes a lot of sense and it's true, but it's almost like they start losing on purpose and hiding behind, well, I'll learn anyway, right? To almost like justify the mistake, right? And I remember this actually used to happen way back when, way before communities were a bit more um, viral as they are now, but people would purposely take a bad trade and then just be like, oh yes, all right. Yeah, and I was yeah, like, you can't just that. do that, right? Like you can't just knowingly take a mistake and hide behind the fact that you oh, yes, are it. And then because really what you're doing is just trying to gamble in the meantime and hide behind, well, I'll learn from my gambling. You already know you're making the mistake. So you're not learning anything, right? You're just straight up gambling. And I'd rather you just admit that to yourself, right? And as you were saying, there was kind of some timelines that you had. And I actually think it's really impressive that you, you stayed level-headed for the year because what I see a lot of people do is they'll pass a certain point and then they'll either immediately self-sabotage it, right? To kind of like cut it and start anew. Or they'll just kind of stop trading altogether, right? And then they'll be like, well, you know, it's I, I needed to kind of take the long way around, whereas you kind of persisted through it, you know? So I, I guess to kind of bring it back to you, Carl, was there ever any point throughout the assessment where you felt like it wasn't working out? Like, I know you said you had a bit of demons to face there and stuff. And do you mind like shedding some light on that? Or if, if you're comfortable, of course, to talk about it, you know, and how you kind of overcame that process? Sure. Um, well, I would say the biggest sort of like... Um, the doubt phase was when I was dealing with that fear, like FOMO. Mostly for me, it was sort of the um, the mindset sort of around money and sort of fear of um, not having money pretty much. And mm. that came from uh, sort of my family, my home. And this sort of just needed to be addressed and looked at and understand the, like what is the exact reason behind this fear and like this sort of... Um, mindset that that wasn't helpful at all so i looked at it and i dealt with it and i sort of solved solved it and it was that was that was about it so you're feeling good now i'm feeling great yeah 
yeah, well, yeah, what, what really sticks out is that you seem very calm about the approach, which I think is the important state to be in, that you're not overly excited about uh, the possibilities, but you're, you're more in that balanced state of mind, which uh, you, you've gone through that. And I think anyone listening as well, it just goes to show you, you do not need to rush. It doesn't mean while you're not rushing that you won't experience those emotions that you spoke about. You have to face the demons, you overcome them. But now it's, uh, it's forward thinking, right? You've got now until the end of the year, I'm sure you've got... Um, some subconscious goals, whether we, we, we all have them, whether we realize it or not. I'm curious what the next stages look like for you. Is it just rinse and repeat of doing the same thing? Or is there any goals of full-time trading, anything kind of come, come into the picture at this stage that now you're, you're at the next, next stage? Yeah, well, overall, like the idea is just to refine and refine and get more specific and just to be like a better trader overall to just, like what I love, what I love, what I love, what I loved about the process is um, to be a better trader. I have to be a better me, you know. Mm. I have to sort of, um, I have to grow as a human first, and then sort of the trading part picks up or catches up. Um, so that is sort of the main idea, and that's what I really love doing, like um, growing as a person, learning my lessons, and then sort of. Uh, because the lesson really usually comes in hand with, with the lessons in trading for me, mm. at least it has been like that. So that's really interesting. But yeah, I really want to refine and get more specific. And yeah, of course, I have like a full time trading goal. I want to live off, uh, live off of like trading money mainly. So that is like the goal for, for the end of the year. You were saying about like growing as a person, how it kind of goes into your trading. And I fully agree with that. What has been like, and that's something obviously myself, Mark, and maybe talk about pretty often, but for you, how has that been implemented? Like when you say like me as Carl, I'm going to go grow as a person. What does that look like? Well, I think first thing is like, uh, you need to have like a level of self-awareness to be able to like see yourself and see your patterns and see when you're sort of slipping into a, uh, into your patterns maybe or something that gets triggered uh, so self-awareness I would say is like the main sort of thing to be able to do that up uh, the process is like um, when, when when I feel something comes up I just go and look at it and deal with it and that's pretty much the process um, um, do you find that you react to something pretty quickly like I was just saying when something happens do you, do you, like is there is there a big time between the two between taking action and noticing it or is it like an almost immediate thing for you well for it it kind of depends on a time but mostly for for now it's like um it's more like a quicker quicker reaction before I've been doing this actually like this uh, sort of dealing with myself and being aware of what I'm, what my patterns are sort of, I've been doing it for a while actually. So when I started sort of doing it, the, the reaction time was quite slow, but now it's, as I've been doing it sort of, it's more quicker and more on point, I would say. I think it's very fascinating. I'll throw this to you in a second, Mark, but like, because here at Falcon, like, right, we trade a very psychology type price action strategy. And that was a big epiphany to me where at one point in time, I was like, if I'm going to understand the psychology of the market, I was like, kind of like, let me understand the psychology of myself first, you know, and yeah. to think none of us don't have patterns. I think it's a bit of a very ignorant perspective, you know, like sometimes I'll just watch someone like a friend or whatever, we'll be spending the day together. And I'll really like, I remember I did this once. It was a very weird exercise, but I was like, I went into like my friend and I was like, I'm going to analyze him today. Like I'm literally just going to watch 
everything he does, right? Like as if I was judging every, and you know, like he'd scratch his hair and be like, why did he just do that? You know what I mean? I was like, you must have an itch, right? But then he'd scratch again. I was like, maybe he didn't shower. I was like, so, you know, you're just like looking at everything, right? But it was interesting because I saw him do these little habits throughout the day and he just wasn't aware of most of them. It was just kind of, you're doing it for the sake of doing it. Even in the way he walked, right? He had like this, it was like every 10th step, he added in an extra weird step that was just out of sync with the rest. But then over a hundred steps, you saw it every like 10 steps-ish. And I was like, I really doubt he's thinking about it where he's like counting his steps. He's like, okay, now time for me to do this thing, right? And I was like, wow, how many of those things am I actually doing myself? And in more in my trading, so to speak, and kind of in the same way I was saying about like the ASR mistake, I used to do that too. I used to not journal a trade until a trade would play out. And then I would journal it, right? Because I was like, obviously it's a good trade. Now you journal it. But then when a trade was bad, I just wouldn't journal it. Cause I was like, obviously I wasn't like, I wouldn't actually take that. This was just me trolling around, so to speak, you know, until one day I woke up and I was like, dude, like, if you want to actually get good at this, you have to be accountable. You have to hold yourself to it, you know? So in, in that same perspective, throwing it to you, Mark, how have you found throughout your history where you kind of became more, uh, as, as Carl was saying, self-aware and more in tune with yourself up to a very hyper-specific point that it really accelerated you forward? Uh, for, for me, it was always about questions. I'm, I'm glad I learned that for some really switched on people. It was just the quality of my questions. So the, the initial thought was always, what questions am I asking on a regular basis? And then I would ask things like, right, what would a successful person behave like? What would they think like? How would they talk? How would they dress? And when you just start asking these like really great specific questions, and, and I'll get onto the part that you mentioned in a minute, Carl, about getting more specific with things, which is really important um, technically and both spiritually, but that's what it was always about. It was just, I understand that person's successful. I now need to learn how, how does the majority of people behave think talk what, what do they do how do they spend their time it was more a matter of that and then i realized the connection i was like right so there's no correlation between in trading of iq doesn't matter how smart you are how intelligent you are if you can't operate fundamentally with yourself then it doesn't matter so you could be the smartest person in the room and the thing that stuck out for me back then i remember because remember ai you see now it was it was available then by the way so it, it comes in cycles so algorithmic trading was available then but yet, if the smartest bots can only last six months, then that should be the biggest thing that it doesn't matter about algos. Now, I know they can say, well, maybe they've improved into eight months. Fair enough. It, it doesn't matter. The whole point is that if the most intelligent people are still failing at some point, then it's not IQ based. So that really pushed me on the journey of self-discovery is that, right, it's me. It's going to be how calm I am, how concise I am. It's going to be my discipline. It's going to be, can I make a decision under pressure? without getting too many emotions involved. And I think that was right. So my success is going to be directly correlated between how sharp I am on a regular basis. So it was almost like, it, you know, we see strategy. If you say to someone, what strategy are you trading? Instantly, the image is technicals, right? For most of us, you go, what strategy are you trading? The image that I have when someone says, what strategy are you trading? I'm actually thinking about my morning routine, my evening routine. I'm thinking about everything that goes with the actual technical part itself. I don't actually separate the two, which is a kind of an interesting way to look at it because I see strategy is strategy, right? If you strategically wanted to do something, you wouldn't just think of one thing. You'd be like, right, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. You would bring everything together. But when we think about trading, we go, what strategy are you trading? And I always find that interesting because they're just thinking about technicals and nothing else. They're not thinking about the longevity. They're not thinking about any of those things. And if you can bring them together, 
you literally can't go wrong because you have to be sharp as an individual, which means that you're improving yourself mentally, physically, spiritually, and the more aware you become, the, the more chance you'll succeed. So I kind of put those two together as that, right? If I can be the best version of me and just even incrementally get improved year on year, then my trading will kind of catch up with that at a slightly later stage. It's such a good point you brought up there because especially part you're saying about your routine and stuff. And I actually do resonate with that because something, if, if I actually like look at it from a different point of view, it was more of whether you play basketball, football, hockey, like professionally, the behind the scenes work ethic is the same. Exactly. Right. Like not, not, and I remember this particular time when, when I, like at some point when I actually kind of like broke through, so to speak, and I knew I was really good at trading, like beyond the, the statistics, right. Where I was like, I'd reached the point where I was like, I'll never run into a good trader, so to speak, like mathematically speaking mm-hmm. without going to a trading place. Right. So if I saw someone trading at the coffee shop, statistically speaking, they're probably horrible. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and it was funny because I would meet those people and they would talk such big game but then I would see how they're spending the rest of their life. And it made no sense to me. And I don't mean this in any disrespectful way to anyone, but someone who's super successful, those same people were then flexing on people that were just like smoking weed all day, every day. And I'm talking literally people that just woke up, smoked weed, had a minimum wage job and had no ambitions and they're not trying to go anywhere in life. And that's it. And that's who they were flexing on. And I was like, and I really didn't get it. I was like, there's no way you spent thousands of hours, got so good at what you did and then your ideal person to, to flex on, male or female too, like even if you're trying to pick up a girl or whatever, you just wouldn't go on someone that, not to be disrespectful again, but that your other previous version could have got that person anyway. Like you didn't need to spend 10,000 hours in trading to get that person. You honestly could have just pulled out a joint and you would have been fine, right? That's all you needed. And I was like, and that's when I realized, I was like, I can tell so much about someone's trading from who they are and how they represent themselves and how they spend their day without even seeing a single chart. 100%. You know, that was exactly the point yeah, you just yeah. said, Mark, about when someone says strategy, you think um, like whatever style they trade, right? But the reality is it's everything outside of that. Like I've studied a lot of these strategies and I've seen them just because I have like a fascination towards it, right? But the reality is when you realize a lot of them work, some better than others, of course, but when you get really good at it and something like price action based, the rest is more on the outside of the technicals, right? So that, that, that's been the part that's been really, really inspiring from you, Carl, is you really did focus on that, you know? And so I, I guess to kind of bring it back to that point of view, do you think, because obviously you, you said you're in a balanced place right now, things are good. What demons do you think are kind of there, right? Because there always is something, right? So I know the goal is to refine, but what's the challenges you're facing right now? Is it getting adjusted to higher levels of capital now? Because obviously you've leveled up your capital, you're scaling up. Is it getting closer to that full time? Is it bringing it to your family now? You know, like, and how has that been too, by the way? I don't know if you've kept it a secret or some people do do that. Well, I've been really fortunate that my family has always been really supportive of that. I mean, there are always like um, more things to sort of solve and more demons to sort of conquer or face. Uh, it's like, this is life. I, I think it's, it's like a lifelong <laughs> process. We're never going to get there. It's just like, you know, we just keep doing it. Um, actually, like the the account number doesn't really, I haven't really felt the effect right now at the moment because I've always sort of looked at the percentage more than sort of, the like the account balance so but but we'll see how, how it goes i guess I'm, I'm open to sort of um being aware of what is going on at the moment but but um i mean i i don't know what demons what this sort of demons will be in the future i guess we'll see 
Yeah, you, you find out. I mean, throwing yeah. a team mark for a second, right? Because I, I, I agree with Carl. I did the same thing where I only looked at the percentage for a bit. But mm-hmm. then at some point, the dollar amount became kind of big that I couldn't really see it as a percentage anymore. Because I was like, I was looking at like how many dinners I can buy and spas and things, right? And I was like, so did, did something similar happen to you? Or was it, were you able to stay like level-headed the, the full way? And like, what was that experience like? I had to ignore it. So don't trade your P&L. And the, the more I would look at the money up and down, the worse it would be, right? Because then you would get into, wait, was there, I could have exited here and I could have made 5K, then I could have made 12. You have to just separate that. But there, uh, the, I think that for every single individual, every successful trader, there's a level in which that you can say it's just percentage and just numbers. And there will be something that happens, whether it's 200K, 300, 150, you know, we can't predict these things because it's different for everyone that you will start to see it differently. Now, it doesn't mean now you have to be really emotional, but you just need to be aware that you won't forever just see it percentage. I've never met anyone that is like that. I I think there is a 0.01% niche individual that can robotically go all the way through and it probably just will be numbers and they can say, yeah, you just have to remove all of your emotions and they might have done that. But for the majority of us, it's just not possible to be completely robotic. And I don't even think it's healthy. I think part of the value attached to being a trader is actually accepting those emotions come and that you're strong enough to deal with it, to realize, right, I was running 20K here. I I could have managed it better. I only got out of 14K. I could have got 16K, but I'm still happy with my decision. Let's see if I can... That's part of being a human being. There's a reason why there's so much value attached to being successful, right? Because you know what it's like to not have any money and then when you do have money, it makes that more valuable. Imagine you was always born into money. These people wouldn't have any problem with like money going up and down because they're, they're used to it. So I think for you, Carl, I think you're approaching it with the right mindset that you don't know when it's going to come. You don't necessarily need to know when it's going to come. You just need to be open-minded enough to understand that it does for the most of us. And you just got to be prepared to deal with it head on and not allow it to escalate to then go into any self-sabotage. I think that's the important part, but you seem very level-headed. I mean, you've not really rushed the process by any means because this was your first attempt, by the way, wasn't it, Carl? Yeah, it was the first one, yeah. Yeah, and uh, to, to anyone listening, right? Because what about, there are people that, whether it's our fund, private firms, uh, funding firms, they might've gone through four, five, six, seven times, right? Before they've actually uh, got to the next stage. For yourself, it's the first time. Did you ever think when you first started doing it that, right, I have to make this work the first time? Or was you just no real expectations? Well, when I started, then, of course, the mindset was, I want to do this with this the first time I want to do it. And that's it. And in my head, of course, I like created some timelines and it's like six months. Sure, I, I could do it with six months. Mm-hmm. It makes sense, yeah. 100%, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then six months passed. And I was actually I was actually quite close to finishing uh, the assessment. But then sort of the fear got triggered and sort of came forward. And I took like quite a lot of losses and went a bit back. And then when I was dealing with that fear and all this FOMO, I just sort of accepted that, you know what, it doesn't matter at all. It's like the first time, second time, even the third time, doesn't matter at all. So mm-hmm. that sort of helped me to just let go of this like goal of ending the assessment. Just, just whatever, just do your thing and just be present. Cause you know, all, all we can actually really do is just be present and take everything as it comes. We, we don't really know when or 
where we go and like when something happens it's just we can just be present and just mm -hmm. well you release control i think that's the key part so yeah. isn't it interesting yeah. how you was dealing with demons the fears the fomo everything you explained you release control and the moment you release control it then starts to work it's funny it's very interesting that, yeah it's, it's funny how that that works where you almost have to be really um you have to really care about a goal but not care about it so much that it consumes you it's well, not about being reckless it, yeah. <laughs> it's about being casual almost whether like yeah i'm okay if this doesn't work but i'm also okay if it does work it's a bit stoic in that sense but there's a lot of wisdom in that for that reason that someone who obsesses so much doesn't make it happen and someone who can yeah. take a step back tends to attract it into them lives into their life in the first place so it's so interesting that you went through that yeah what i've like learned or experienced is like the more the more you want something the less you're probably going to get it mm -hmm. if you read like if you like if there's obsession and you're probably sort of pushing it away and as you said like we have to release control and then sort of things start to move yes. in the right way in the right flow the market has this in interesting way of of sniffing out desperation a desperate trader get sniffed out a mile away they want it to happen so much and i get it for those of you listening i understand those emotions of knowing that you're what two trades away maybe five trades away of having 50k 40k 100 how could that not be exciting maybe you're in a job and you you really want to quit you don't like it you're unhappy in your life part of you tells you well if i get that 100k then i'll be happy because i'll have my freedom and part of that is true however the world will keep coming back and giving you the same lesson if you don't fundamentally fix the first thing. So you've got to learn to be happy with what you have, leverage what you have, so then you'll be happy with what you've got. And I think that's the key part, how so many traders could have gone to the next stage in all different funding firms, but they didn't because they didn't have the self-awareness to correct it there and then. I don't think we should obsess over first time, second time, third time. What we should also be doing and more so be doing is making sure that we're present and doing the right things that we know will eventually actually get to the next stage in the first place. Carl, you spoke about uh, you want to get more specific now and you want to refine. Recently, we've launched AFT, right? You've done this, you've done this without AFT, right? And, and I think it's important to, for people to understand that this is just an, uh, an, the advanced side of this is just an addition to what you already know and what you already do. Have you gone through the content yet? What's your kind of process on that? And how are you looking to personally get more specific? Well, I haven't gone, to, gone through that content yet. I'm uh, planning to do that, I think, in the beginning of August, I have plans. Right now, I'm just going over my trading plan and doing some backtesting and trying to refine my entries. And that's pretty much like, I, I, I'm just going to take it like one step at a time, sort of see what is what are the first things that come up when i asr mm -hmm. and just take it step by step um yeah i just want to go through my sort of refine the trading plan a little bit and then i'm gonna um go over the refinement which i'm really excited about also do, do you know what's really interesting carl so so we've spoken to quite a few traders recently um especially people that are passing on on the fund and getting through to the next stages is naturally much more frequent now because it's that delayed effect that people have put in the work yeah. like yourself and now they're starting to see the results which is so beautiful to see right it's the, the greatest feeling they all have the same thing in common is that there is no rush right they're not, not none of you are rushing it so the, the old um saying that the best way to get rich quick is to go slowly like th this is what i feel when speaking to yourself and so many other traders they all have the same thing in common 
right? There's there's not a lack of urgency to want to progress, but there's not that desperation. There's urgency in in the right areas to just right, right. This is where I am. I'm not going to compare myself to anybody else, and I'm just going to slowly get to the next stage. And the funny thing is, you actually get there quicker than someone who's trying to force it to happen. So it's a it's just an interesting observation. So good to see. Have you noticed that as well, Abdu? Yeah, I was about to, as you said, I was like, it's so true. They've all said that, like, funny enough, when we've asked a very similar question to something like that, they weren't like, oh my God, I'm putting it in right now. They're like, you know what? There's still a couple of things I want to kind of do first, right? And it's not because AFD is not good. It's because they know that there's like not holes in their foundation, but little things they can improve upon first. And an AFT in their farm, it's not meant to like come on top of it and pretend it's not there. And we've said it before, we said it in the content, like you, like Mark, you've said a lot recently, mastering the basics, right? Mm -hmm. it, it could become one of those things that if someone hears it out, they're like, yeah, yeah, master the basics, but there's a lot of truth in it. And then sometimes what happens is you'll hear something like that. And then you, it's not that you get fed up, but you're like, I've mastered the basics. And you mm -hmm. kind of put it to the side and you have to take the long way around to then come back and you're like, oh my God, I realized my basic structure, for instance, wasn't good at the time. And, you know, and I think people kind of forget that none of us were born with technical analysis knowledge. Like we didn't have this ahead of us. We put in a lot of hours. We sat there, we got granular and what seems normal to us now and could take half a second to identify wasn't always like that. I was with my friend the other day who's, who's learning Falcon, you know, and I, and I coach him in person. It took me like a fraction of the time to do the watch list, whereas he was spending like multiple minutes per pair you know, and, and he made a joke. He's like, you're going to roast me now. I was like, yeah, as a friend, yes, because that's what we do. We always just roast anything that happens. Right. But I used to be that exact same person. I remember this other person back in, like before I was a coach, where I was like kind of in that in between, we used to do our watches together on Saturdays. It would take us eight hours, start to end. Right. Like, and we'd spend the, every Saturday we'd sit and we like, honestly, by the end of it, we'd be sweating because you'd have the bad posture. You're sitting, you're almost into the screen. You're having us back and forth. You're explaining, you're breaking down the higher time frames. You know, you're going back and forth and it would be a full day event that you're genuinely like soaked by the end of it. And you're like, how are we sweating this much from just sitting at a computer? Right. But that was the intensity that was happening. Do I need to put in that level of intensity now? No, but I think it was because I did and I still do. Right. Like in terms of the ongoing work. And that's been the cool part seeing from yourself, Carl, and the other students as well as everyone has this actually really solid game plan that's over time and, and meticulous to put it because that's how it usually is, is really getting good at certain things and then stacking upon it rather than trying to get good at everything at once. So that's just really very nice observation to see across all of you. Yeah. Uh, can I ask like what, what has been like the driving motivation for you guys when you sort of really put in the work? What is sort of the drive behind it for you, both of you guys? You want me to go first or you go yeah, first? Yeah, man? yeah, go, go on. He was in the flow. <laughs> I'd say for one, I really love trading. I, I genuinely do. It, you know, it's it's a big, big passion for me. You know, like I'm not going to lie and say I didn't get into it for the money. I think obviously that was a big part at some point, you know, but, but honestly, but, the, the, yeah. What do you, what, what is it that you love about it? Just to get specific. I think it's the fact that it's this ongoing puzzle that improves and changes, you know, like you, you can never actually just solve trading. You could get really good at it and, and that could buy you a lot of time, right? Like I do think to be honest, if you get really good at trading, you could not ASR, not journal, and you'll probably do well for an extended period of time and it'll slowly bleed downwards, right? Whereas, but when you're looking at like major funds and institutions, and I mean, people that are actually playing this competitively, so to speak, things change, right? And, and something you guys were saying earlier, but, it, and something that was kind of fascinating for me at the start in, in trading, I asked myself the question of how does trading work? And I mean, in a sense of sustainably, why would this still work? And the cool part is, I guess, is trading can only go up or down. It's not like if there was like 
I think if trading had like 25 directions somehow, then maybe trading wouldn't work, right? But if you look at like, let's just call it a support level, so to speak, what's price going to do? It's either going to break through or it's going to rebound up. So you might say, well, look, everyone knows that a support it's going to hold and go up. And well, the logic would be, well, if everyone knows that, then it's actually going to sell through it, right? Then I was like, well, then if everyone knows that a support level is going to sell through it, then it's actually going to rebound, right? I was like, that's so interesting because there's only two options that can happen at any point in time. I was like, yeah, one is statistically more likely to happen over the other one. You just have to kind of know when and how to put it all together. So that became like, this is way back when it's like 2017-ish. And then I, as I compounded that and I realized, I was like, wait, how did someone know that? You know, like when Mark would like forecast something, for instance, and he'd know it in like half a second. I was like, he just opened the pair. You know, and at the time I tell myself, I was like, did he rehearse this? Like 17 hours prior, he's sitting there walking. And I was like, but then you, you could just realize when someone's saying something genuinely that they're not like, it's not a scripted answer. It's not something that they practice for hours on end continuously through hundreds and hundreds of hours of content because it actually makes no sense. I was like, either this man spends all day, every day scripting content or the more likely situation is he's just that good, you know? And that became not just an inspiration to me, but even in myself, like I said, I'm, I don't know if it's, if competitiveness is genetic, like, I don't know where that source is from, but I enjoy being really good at what I do, you know, because at the end of the day, to me, this is what I spend the bulk of my time on, right? I don't mind being like, like, if you take me to karaoke, for instance, I'm actually hot garbage, right? But I don't represent myself through karaoke. Like, that's just a fun night out, drinks, whatever, and that's it. But if, if karaoke was my thing, right, like that I'm going to tell the world, like, look, I'm really good at karaoke. You'd be the you, best. You bet I'm going to know everything about it, right, from pitch to I'm making up words now. But you get my point, right? So that to me was this ongoing infrastructure that continued to grow and, and become more and more as more and more money goes into it, as it becomes more mainstream. I just found it more and more fascinating because I was like, if you look at even as conceptions of time right now, we have access to endless amounts of information. You could argue that someone could learn everything by just spending enough time on Google, right? All, yeah, I can also argue we're the dumbest we've ever been as a society, mm -hmm. you know? And I was like, how, how do we have such an inversely like correlation right there, right? With the most amount in your pocket, like seriously, imagine you tell someone in the 1900s, you have a device in your pocket that can access everything that ever was and ever will be. And then you're like, it's right there and you don't use it. For, and then you use it to watch like cats or whatever, right? <laughs> you see, like what <laughs> you know so that that was kind of my obsession for it you know and and to just really getting beyond it because i just really love what i do and what we do and it's it's been cool and i think to kind of summarize that answer the coolest part about it in teaching people is not just that it's meaningful but your success doesn't hurt mine you know like if i give you the super cool tweak for whatever reason right and you're able to teach it to you it's not like if you take dollar CAD right now, I can't take dollar CAD. We both can take dollar CAD. We both can take it at scale. Your profit doesn't hurt mine. And it really allows me to give my full self without worrying about competition. You know, I think that's the coolest part. Whereas, because if you're going to teach something, it's going to directly hurt you. I get it because there's a, there's, there's a, like a dichotomy there. How can I teach you? That's going to make me worse. But it doesn't work like that in training. There's so much abundance. There's so much ability that we both can learn. We both can grow. And your success does not hurt my success. So it actually makes it really easy for me to actually cheer you on to be in your corner and do my best to help you succeed. So I think that's kind of my long-winded answer of why it all kind of comes together in that way. Yeah, that's, cool. uh, that, that, that's, that's beautiful. And it, and it just goes to show you why it's so important for us to push each other because of that as well. And it's actually an incentive to do that in the first place. 
Um, because there are environments that you would be in where that wouldn't even make any sense. Why would you share your secrets to other people that you've worked so hard to build? But again, the, the way this is structured, it actually is, it is encouraging to do that because you get the most out of people and it doesn't, if anything, if enough of us trade Swiss yen, it will just move down. So Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> which it has. So I guess we all put the trade on. But um, uh, more to your question from my end, uh, uh, the short answer is family, right? The, the why was the family. That's the driving part. The driving part versus the excitement is two different things. So the driving part was always family. It was like, right, I need to get my family out of this situation. This is a vehicle where it achieves two things. It's got the financial side of it and it's got the freedom because I don't like being locked down to uh, a desk going into London and just wherever I'm positioned, right? I didn't fit right with that. I was too creative. And if I wanted to do work after five o'clock, I didn't want to be that person that just clocks in and clocks out. It felt very depressing to me to even have that thought. I was like, really? This is how I'm going to live my life? That was a big thing for me. But the the excitement part of trading is actually uh, the why is the family because that's like that satisfies like my morals and the things I've always wanted to do. But the excitement part is actually me increasing my value as a man, as an asset is what's exciting is that I see it like this. I've got a good network of people and they're all successful in their own right. But what's interesting about trading compared to what they do, and some of them more successful than me, if you actually put the money on paper, they might have a few more million or whatever, right? They are unhappy. Not so much unhappy that uh, they're miserable, but you can tell they're they're not really content or happy with certain things that you would think, how are you even like this, right? They lack perspective on a lot of things. And you'd think surely someone who's worth 10 million should have figured out every single answer you can think of. Surely they should be spiritually aware, self-aware. You'd think they would have figured all these things out, but that's not the case. And I've learned this over time is that, wow, it's because when you're operating in an industry that doesn't really punish you for not being sharp, it's easy for you to behave like that. But with trading, you go punished. That was the thing that's always excited me and fascinated me is that you can't, let's say you own a, a company that sells trainers, right? And you're the CEO of that company and you're doing very, very well. You're making millions a year. If you wake up that morning and you're tired, half asleep, and you go to a board meeting and you have to have an important meeting, it probably won't be that detrimental. And you could say, oh, I could have been a bit more switched on. Maybe you needed a coffee or whatever. You still, if, if you've got a great product, you probably sold all those shoes still. Nothing changed. But in trading, if you wake up half asleep, you've had two hours sleep and you go onto the charts, you have to risk a position, you didn't perform your morning routine, you don't feel as calm as what you normally do, then you get punished for making a, a bad decision or an impulsive one. So what excites me about trading for the longevity of it is that you can't not be sharp at every single day at intensity and be a successful trader. So it's like if you want to do well for years and years, it's almost like an insurance policy is that you have to improve and you being a, a successful trader basically hedges that it has to happen because the moment that you go off course and we've all felt it when maybe you wasn't a sharp on your routine you might have made a slight error now granted those errors are not always detrimental that your whole trading account's gone it could just be a loss that you weren't particularly that happy with right versus one that you are happy with and i think it's that it's that constant never-ending self-improvement to just refine and be sharp there's something that when i was in london the, the good thing that i learned about london is that when i saw people sharp for the very first time i realized how enjoyable it is to wake up every day not just like five days every, every day and just feel switched on and then the moments that i didn't it would stick out to me see when everyone's negative and their their default is just yeah everything's okay you know it's just really like lack of um urgency to want to succeed and they're not very vibrant 
I realized I never want to be like that. I, I want to be that person that wakes up at 5 a.m., 6 a.m. And I'm not just like rolling out of bed. Like I'm, when I'm awake, I'm awake. I feel sharp straight away. And when I don't feel like that, I always look back and think, my evening routine, it wasn't, it wasn't as good. Or like the night where, as I went to sleep, I wasn't actually really thinking about intensely enough. Like, right, what am I going to do tomorrow? I wrote it down and I planned it, but I wasn't as connected to it. So I just noticed these subtle differences is that, wow, what are the industry? Well, I'm sure there's a few in which that you can be punished if you're not sharp. So it encourages you to be as sharp as possible, which kind of, for me, guarantees that for as long as I trade or invest for years to come, I'm always going to be switched on which means I'm going to be open to more opportunities. It means that I'm going to be able to communicate in the future when I have kids, I'm going to be able to help them. I'm going to be a role model for them. You see like all of these connect to almost guarantee that I'm going to be the best version of me because I, I can't succeed without it. So I think that's the excite, the why and the excitement is a very different thing that keeps me, keeps me going. So that's my kind of long-winded answer to it, but I love it. Yeah, I, lo I love that you separated the sort of the driving part and the excitement part. I sort of resonate that with that because like when I started the driving part was for me it was like a bit fear-based mm. I would say it was like fear of sort of fear of missing out maybe or like fear of fear of being average maybe yeah but as I sort of progressed and got deeper into the uh, into the journey now it's like more about excitement so the fear has sort of transformed into excitement interesting and, And, and I'm excited for the process because what I really love about trading is the process. And, and sort of for me, it was also, as, as Abtu said, um, for me, it was like I was really sort of interested how it works because I come from a musical background. I'm really, most of my life, I've studied instruments, I've played music. So it's in a way, it's really different from, from trading. So in the beginning, it was like a challenge for me to just sort of see if I can I actually understand this thing? Mm -hmm. And as I sort of understood it, I realized I sort of want to do it for real. And then sort of the driving part was fear-based. And now it has transferred into uh, excitement, I would say. Interesting how that changes, right? It's like these, yeah. these things change along the way, but I'm, I'm glad you've made that shift. And of course, where you are in your journey now, I'm curious to um, last kind of question towards you, Carl, is that, Well, actually kind of two parts of the question. What are the next stages for you? And what would you recommend to, to people in the Falcon community right now? Um, as someone who's maybe new or going through more so the funded assessment that you've gone through that might have maybe gone through a couple of times and maybe rushed it. Any kind of advice there and, and the future plans for you? Well, uh, I, I think the advice from me would be just find what you sort of love about it find what makes you sort of excited about it and mm. maybe like even sort of try to fi find the playfulness in it mm. just don't just force yourself to do it because then it's sort of um yet like I, i would find the sort of the excitement in it because that sort of makes it uh, much more easier to just take your time with it because if you enjoy the process like really the outcome is just doesn't really matter it just comes whenever But if you can enjoy the process and you find what excites you about it, then it just doesn't matter how long you do it, really. I, I, like, I really love that answer because that was something I went through similar, right? I think my perspective was slightly like the way I phrased it for myself was appreciate each part of the journey, you know? And, and what I mean by that is once upon a time, I remember there was, at the start of my trading, there was a three-month period 
that I basically woke up, put on a hoodie, and I did like 16 hours of back testing. Granted, a lot of it was probably wasted in hindsight, and it was not best use of my time. Well, I didn't know that back then. Back then was just exposure to charts 24-7, right? And I knew in the back of my mind, it wasn't going to be like that forever. At some point, I would have been exposed to enough charts that not that I don't need charts anymore, but I can now take a step back and I could be a bit more intentional kind of thing, right? And that was the same thing as like even being able to take like 20 losses in a row. If you can just like when you're trading demo or a small amount of capital, there's something nice about it because your mistakes are not being punished. You know, they are being punished emotionally, but financially, like what, whatever, you know, like it is what it is. Yes, there's the ego side of things. There's all that, but it's so limited in that point of view. And you, and, and that's what I'm saying is appreciate side, because yes, when you're trading demo or small amounts, any money you make, you make 50%, it's still irrelevant because you're trading a more small amount of capital, right? But that perspective to me kind of became so important of realizing, um, uh, enjoying each part of it kind of thing. You know, like as someone, even just because Mark, because you were saying about like having kids one day, I'm someone who does want kids, right? I don't know when I'm going to have kids. I could be three years out, five years out, whatever. But what, I'm, what I know is, and what I keep a conscious effort is, when I do have kids, I will never not have kids again. Right. So the freedom of not being a parent right now, you know, it's something that I make sure to still appreciate whilst that happens. Don't get me wrong. I've heard from a lot of parents, it's the best thing in the world. And I probably do vibe and agree with that, but it doesn't mean that this is bad now, you know, exactly. and, and, and the ability to kind of just do things, not recklessly, but with less punishment where there's less on the line. You know, I was, I was actually saying to someone I'm very close to who's going through a bit of a life-changing decision right now. And they were roughly to my estimation, about three years out from having a kid. And I was like, listen, man, I think you should take this risk. You know, the, the thing, and I was like, if you don't do it now, you're most definitely not going to do it when you have a kid. I was like, even though you can, and it's like, when you have a kid, it doesn't stop you. Most people won't because all of a sudden they'll look at the kid and they'll be like, look, everything has to be around protecting this child and risks and all that. And any risk factor you had before almost gets nullified. Right. So I really do appreciate you said that because it kind of reminded me and how I've approached all those things and really focused on each part as each chapter. And I was like, you know what, enjoy every chapter for what it is for the pros and cons that come with it. Definitely. Absolutely spot on. Uh, well, I really enjoyed this conversation. This is a, uh... This is flown by the actual time frame of this conversation. How quick and we could talk for hours, Carl. I really appreciate your time and just the things that you've touched on, uh, things that have not really been said, and you said it in a bit of a different way, which I I think will actually resonate to a lot of people listening. I really like the part right at the end about the the playfulness and the uh, finding the excitement in something because I'm a big believer. If you don't, then you're gonna be almost too rigid almost too robotic that you're so focused on the outcome. If you can't find enjoyment in something as simple as just watching content, right? ASR, whatever it might be, you have to find excitement in something that's process driven, and then you'll be absolutely fine, which is clearly uh, what you've done. So on behalf of myself, Falcon team, Abdu Ibi as well, you're at these, this next stage now. And it's incredibly important to us that you continue to stay on this trajectory and just scale up. So if you need absolutely anything from myself or the team, Abdu, et cetera, then we're always here, man, as well. So thank you for your time and jumping on and uh, sharing your story with the community. It's very, very inspiring. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, I appreciate your time and everything you do in the, for the community. It's been really helpful for me to sort of learn about trading and learn about the mindset and look, you guys sort of... Um, I like that you lead by example. That's what I appreciate 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 about about you guys. Thank you so much, Carl. And I'm glad you noticed that. I'm, uh, we're we're excited for a part two in the future. So just stay grounded, stay level headed, and I, I think me and Abdu, we're both confident that you're you're clearly already there mentally and genuinely looking forward to seeing you scale up. And and I really hope this inspires a lot of people in the community to just 
kind of just be a bit more patient with their journey. Like they have all the resources to make it happen. They've just got to stick in their own lane and it will actually happen quicker. So uh, slow is actually fast. But thank you guys. Really enjoyed this conversation. And Carl, have a great one and we'll catch you real soon. Looking forward to seeing more. Thanks for your time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for your time, man. Have a good one, man. See you guys.